Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. It's May the 2nd, and we are in New York. And whenever Dumpty Dummers get together throughout the world, what do they do, New York, Nigel? They sing a song. A Dumpty Dum, to be precise. Are you sure? I think so. Could you second that, Beth? I second that. Do you want to third that? I do third that. <laughs> Who are you, though, Morgan? Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> and where exactly are we, Mr. Witherspoon? We are in front of the Norwood Club in New York City. So, after three... <laughs> One, two, three. Dumpty 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 dum, dumpty dumpty dum, dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum, dumpty diddly dum, diddly dum, diddly dum, dumpty 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 dum, dumpty diddly dum. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality lucky drama that ascends on an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Twinkle Toes, that is Roy Field Brown. And with me are the wonky maypole, that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of these May Day celebrations, folks, is you. Now, today's Dumpty Dum is from the Dumpty Dum NYC Posse. Hey! Was it that? Was it good? It was. It was It was good. It looked very good. You all looked very jolly on the pictures. Yes. There was me, New York Nigel. He's a lovely bloke, that New York Nigel. Morgan, Witherspoon and Beth. And we all went to the Norwood Club in Chelsea, which is Witherspoon's handsome husband's um, club. It was did you called... meet handsome husband? I did. Well, I've actually met him before. I met him oh, last Oh, yeah, when they year. came over. Yeah, they yeah. came over. Because he's Scottish, don't you know? And, um, yeah, and they met in London about 10 years ago or so. And Witherspoon and handsome husband. So I met Alan and he's, he's an artiste. And um, I went to went back to Witherspoon's place, and oh, it's very lovely, very lovely. Uh, on all of Alan's artwork was everywhere, and it was great. Uh, we oh. had a lovely time. I met Angus Haggis. Yay! What's he at, like? 
oh, it's like a dog, Ugh, a, a little, little cute dog. And Witherspoon took me on a massive uh, walk, preamble around Manhattan. Aha. So we met um, just north of Soho. And then we went to the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt's house. And then we went over to Roosevelt Island, went on the Sky Tram thing, which was all very, very exciting to go over the East River. And we hung around there. And actually, inadvertently, we walked directly past New York Nigel's church, but we didn't know it was his church until oh. we met him later. We went on the High Line walk, uh, which was great. And I spent a whole day with Witherspoon, and it was very lovely. And uh, it was just, just, it was just a great thing to behold. And um, and we ended it by doing a dumbly dum. Yay! Yay! Um, but Lucy. Have you got hay fever or a cold or what? I've got a cold. I've been having this kind of dry cough thing for the last couple of days. Oh. I think it's because I was inappropriately dressed uh, one one evening in Toronto. It wasn't that it's cold, but... baking here. It was I 77 heard. degrees I on heard. Sunday. People were my me- mum, even my mum said, Royfield will have missed all this nice weather, she said. Uh, did you tell her that I'm going to California? Uh, yeah, but then she said, oh, no, hang on. I bet they'll have some good ones there as well. <laughs> she realised, but it's not the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard everybody was melting in London yesterday. That sounds absolutely lovely. But anyway, we're getting off the point, Lucy, because this is all about the archers, not about us. About yeah. us needy presenters telling <laughs> everybody what we've done in the last seven days. But if one of our listeners would like to win the accolade of Dumb de Dumber of the Week... How can they do that? Uh, yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or attend a police station and give evidence on behalf of your daughter who is up on a murder charge with no legal advice or presence whatsoever, then ring us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Lovely Shampages for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thank you also to Derek for loaning the back bedroom. Derek is knackered. Uh, today he was fighting with that flipping maypole uh, he had a hell of a struggle putting it up first of all it wouldn't go up then he couldn't get it down afterwards for hours but then Auntie Cardboard offered to give him a hand and it collapsed in a trice oh right uh, sorry you know you get distracted by social media don't you no but you do I do yeah I've got a short attention span I'm sorry Lucy uh, but you didn't notice that I wasn't really paying attention did you no Great. On this week's show, we have calls from Miss Alliance, who's feeling meaty, blithe spirit, who said it's all a Greek tragedy. Jan from Cannes, who wants to know what David knows. Glyn, full of love, who says it's all gone gothic. Yokel Bear, who's found a kindred spirit in Jimmis. Witherspoon, who's basking. And Andrew Horn, who's looking at the facts and figures. But first, before all that, Lucy, I'm surprised we had that many calls. I suppose it is two weeks worth, two though, weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Before we get to the course, let's hear about Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. Pip walked 
walked into the barn and interrupted her mother having an intimate moment. So embarrassing when you're walking <laughs> on your mum, enjoying a bit of Netflix and chill with a heifer. Uh, she's borrowed some more cows from her friend Ashley's dad because Ashley's dad is like really cool and he said he'd drive her and Ashley to the trampoline park and then he'd take them for pizza afterwards and he never like nags. Anyway, surprise, surprise, he's probably stitched Pip up like a kipper and she's agreed to buy a load of cats on stilts or something. I've become rather fond of Henry since he started referring to his grandmother as Arsula. And that's all I'm saying about the little ball of nastiness. <laughs> but what is nice about this storyline is that it has given the BBC Radio Workshop an opportunity to give all its work experience technicians, catering staff and runners an opportunity to pretend to be judges, solicitors and barristers. Surely that can be the only explanation. The whole Bridge Farm Brigade is saying, it's my fault, over and over again. And the whole village is still going, ooh, isn't it awful? And David said, it's hard to even go there, which is the most un-David-like thing I've ever heard anyone say, let of all David. It would have been worse if he'd said, it's hard to even go there, but only a bit. Then... Helen rang from the prison for the first time and Tony didn't know where Pat was. She's not going to be trekking through Kuala Lumpur, is she, Tony? Bloody hell, she's in the dairy. She's always in the dairy. We have to up be upbeat when we see Helen, said Tony. Okie dokie. Who are you going to send then? You haven't been upbeat since 1954 when you found half a Kit Kat down the back of the sofa. Anyway, <laughs> then Pat went trotting off to the police station to have a heart-to-heart with Richard Maidley without a solicitor or anything as you do, and as a result, is now witness for the prosecution. Well done, Pat. Have these people never watched Rumpole? Tom's asthma is getting worse, particularly when he went through the shopping list of stuff that arrived at the shut shop. Shit shop? No, shut shop. Shut shit shop. Johnny is getting <laughs> but that might be due to the out-of-date flapjacks. Tom seems to be pimping Johnny out to other people's farms also, which is slightly weird. Between them, they sound like patients in the end beds in a TB ward. While Johnny was unpacking 14 tons of split peas for Pat to make a nice cake, Jazza appeared and went, Psst, you usually are, said Johnny, but what do you want? While the pigs were waiting for Jazza <laughs> to come back, they got bored and had a rave in the polytunnel. There were glow sticks and rizzlers all over the shop. Talking of Jazza, Jimus unveiled a cowardly streak a mile wide and kept leaping sideways into wheelie bins trying to avoid Jazza, who is very keen to get off Fallon's sofa. Time was he would have given his eye teeth to get on Fallon's sofa, but he wasn't banking on harassment lying on it, eating dairy lee dunkers and watching Farm and Sam. Anyway, Jazza told him a story about Kenton being Puff the Magic Dragon, hilarious, and Jimus did a complete U-turn and said, yes, of course, come back, just stop putting your used tissues in the toaster. Lillian's bizarre playing dress up with the Dower House continues. Justin says he can show the house off to his friends and relations. That'll be Miranda then. Like Pat, Justin exists entirely in a vacuum with no external friends or relations at all. Miranda is entirely horrid, predictably, and she gave us a hint that Justin has been caught with his willy in the petty cash before. But Miranda sounds so horrid, I can completely understand why, to be honest. Jennifer has gone bonkers and thinks she's found an elfin grotto in the Minellium wood. Justin's gone bonkers and thinks that a bronze chair is nice. Lillian's gone bonkers and thinks that she's Justin's PA. This was brought home to her rather sharply when Miranda told her to get out her little scribbly pad and get weaving on arranging Miranda's bikini wax appointment. Shula is flapping her angel wings and hovering just above telling the truth about Rob and the Hunt Sab. Obviously, this would mean then admitting that she had told a fibby fib to harassment. So that's not going to happen as this would 
sully her carefully crafted reputation as a nymphomaniac booze hound. Joe, described as a genius by Eddie, which is rather like being described as a bit unstable by Sinead O'Connor, suggested that Eddie should offer Lindy Bottom an extended warranty. Lindy Bum 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 told Eddie he could shove his warranty up his bum bum and extend it. Rex has decided to give his eggs a brand new name. Up your ass, eggs! Hurrah! I'm surprised <laughs> he had time to think of anything because of all the sighing he does. There must be a Force 9 gale howling through Ambridge every time Pip gets another text from Matthew. Baggy was on the hunt for a variable cowl, so that's good. You see, that's the kind of sentence that makes the archers like an unfathomable cult to anyone outside the Brotherhood. Kira's going to the Angela Probert finishing school to learn dancing on tippy toes, applying fake tan and armed robbery. She'd be good at the last one. It runs in the family. The Borsitcher News, ever anxious to cover the pressing issues of the day. I wonder if Wayne Foley's moved into telly. Is coming out to film the fair buttocks and their chickens in a caravan. And it was the first cricket match of the season. Ambridge were predictably rubbish, despite fielding a crack team consisting of Bert and some of the longer-legged of the Hairfair Brothers' hens. <laughs> anyway, they were beaten by Little Croxley, under fives. The end. Oh, I enjoyed it, I was going to say, this week, this fortnight, because I missed you last week. I know, it was quite nice having a, a break, and it was definitely having a nice break not listening to the archers. <laughs> but how is that possible? Because your archer's bonkers, you're not a proper archer's fanatic. Yes, but whoops, as we as we established a mm. fortnight ago, mm. not at the moment. I can't be doing with the stress. But it's it was nice to have a break and then to listen to it all in one go. So I did two back-to-back omnibuses, omniba, omnibi, whatever. And um it was alright, actually. I could I could keep it keep it neutral, keep neutral about it. And I haven't had any more bad dreams or anything like that, so but I did note that they said sodding September until yes. the court case. September. Did you see Nozilla's tweet said, nobody tell Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just keep it quiet. Yeah, my, my heart did sink somewhat. Um, I, I'm just kind of hoping, though, that um, as much as this storyline can, it does somewhat drift off a little bit into the background. There's only so much kind of hand wringing you can have from Pat, yeah, and uh, and all of that malarkey, and uh, you know. So let's have Anna Trigoran and that kerfuffle somewhat in the background, and let's get mm. back to the village green cricket, the Fair Brothers, and naming eggs and uh, things of that ilk, please, and you know, and what the Grundies are doing. Let's have that up front and centre. Let's have that kind of in the background. And then I suppose come August, it's got to rear back into, actually, what am I, the hell am I talking about? She needs to have this baby. Oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about that. I think, though, and, and, and um, yeah, I think most of our calls this week are, are about um, Helen and Rob. Um, That's a surprise. But, yeah. Um, but I do think think that it is having the baby that is going to kickstart the storyline again and it's going to almost kickstart Helen because she is going to discover that inner and she's going to think I am not giving this baby up. How many times have we said in the past year this is going to be the thing of which she's going to go. We've always said it's either going to be Henry or well we've said before it's going to be Henry and it was Henry because it was Henry that provoked her into stabbing Rob. That's not quite true, Lucy, because we said at one point it was Kirsty coming back, which is going to be the cat. Oh, uh, yeah. We've, we've, well, we've, we've grasped at many a straw. Yeah, uh, God, yeah. But 
something's got to make her because I can't listen to her do much more of this. Don't know. Can't remember. Don't know. Can't remember. You know, she's not. I know she's I know she's damaged and I understand what Toboggan was saying about um you know, uh, about the fact that Rob's now stopped her being able to think for herself because she doubts herself so much. She doesn't even, she can't even, you know, and I get all that entirely. I could completely see how that would happen. But it's, she's logically, she's got to be able to see this is, now she's pleaded not guilty. Now she's made that leap between if I plead not guilty, there is a chance that I might get off, and I might get back to see, Henry, once she's made that leap, the other leap should be slightly less uh, humongous because it will be then. So now I've done this. Now I have to actually make that happen. Mm. Um, so maybe that will be the thing. But who knows? As you said, we've been here before, haven't we? We have. We have. <gasps> we've been here about an, 109 other times, Lucy. Mm. Mm. You know, um, uh, Miranda... I don't mean the one, the big one that keeps falling over. Miranda on the Archers. That loathsome woman who lo- feels like another caricature. I was going to say, do you get the impression that somebody writing on the Archers has a bit of an issue with the older woman? <laughs> well, because we've had Ursula, Miranda, and Hazel Woolley. Well, as, as Yoko Bear pointed out, this hideous triumvirate. Why? Wh- Ursula and Miranda seem interchangeable to me. Yeah. Like they're actually they're the same person. Uh, I'm. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope that you know she does get somewhat. Well, I care for her not a jot because I care for her husband not really a jot either. To be honest with you, um, I think he has been shoehorned into this to provide a little bit of a, a frisson interest for Lillian. Yeah. You know, he came into this as as the big baddie. Um, you know, he's going to bulldozer and tarmac over the whole village. That has now uh, been somewhat changed, uh, and all and and I, but I don't specifically care for him, let alone his wife. But then again, I said that about uh, Marjorie Andrews when she came into this in the eighties, and I said this about Linda Snell. So you do yeah. end up loving these characters, yeah. You know. Yes. And unless it's Daryl, no one ended up liking Daryl, <laughs> <laughs> or Clive Horobin. You know, there are some exceptions to the rule, but fundamentally, you know, all this flat that the Fair Brothers are having, you know, whereas I think we can clearly see that there is a difference between the two, and people are slowly starting to come round to Rex, yeah. even though he's a bit wet. Yeah, you know, big wet Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, um, caricature women. Yeah. I think it's slightly unfair to say that they're all caricature because arguably all those people on the BL board are all just like Justin. They're all sound yeah, a bit yeah, kind of true. posh yeah, and yeah, two-dimensional, yeah. Yeah. you know. And yet they and have... we have got Carol Toboggan, who is completely different. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, but uh, yeah, I I hope she just shuffles off rather quickly because mm. she's somewhat tired. Did you, hear, did you, did you hear the thing about... Um... I hope we're not going to go through it like last time. Yes. Did you? Yeah. And I thought, mm, what's that then? So it must have been somebody younger because that's why she said, couldn't you do anything better than, couldn't you get yes. anyone better than her? She's a bit old. <laughs> Bless Lillian. Oh, when she was sitting there, have you got your little scribbly pad? I felt so sorry. Yeah. I mean, Linda's, um, 
Lillian's never been near a scribbly pad in her life. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it down the back of a packet of B&H. <laughs> How yellow do you think that chair really was? Animates that dark corner. <laughs> like glow-in-the-dark nuclear <laughs> fusion yellow. <laughs> That's what brought in for, to, to, to animate Lillian's dark corner. That's why he's there. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> People have been tweeting about you and your smut, Lucy. Have they? Mm. Again? Well, no. no. It's, it's the same one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, enough <laughs> about us. Enough about us. And let's hit those phone lines. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first, Lucy V. Freeman? Is Alliance. Oh, I love her. Who is beating up a beef stroganoff in her Albion. Um, actually, we might shove her together, if you don't mind, Ms. Alliance, with Blythe Spirit, because they both pretty much said the same thing. Mm. Good evening again, Dumpty Dum. It's Miss Alliance here from Deepest Suburbia. I'm in my lovely kitchen again. Tonight's menu is beef stroganoff. Let me first apologise to all the vegetarians. I'm very sorry. We do tend to be a bit meaty here. Now, at risk of repeating myself, and indeed Lucy B. Freeman's wonderful monologue last week, I'm getting really fed up with this. Why did I start listening to The Archers every night? Because I don't have time to watch television. I'm usually cooking the evening meal. I can do that with the archers on in the background, as many people do. So, in fact, the archers is a docudrama that can take one out of oneself for 15 minutes, out of the trauma, the hassle, the general grind of having small children and day-to-day existence and misery. The archers is very grim at the moment, isn't it? And I, for one, am not being taken out of my day-to-day life. It's making me glummer and glummer. Uh, More and more people are saying to me on the Twitters and on Facebook and just generally, actually, in life, that they no longer wish to listen. It seems to be losing listeners in droves. And whilst I totally and fully understand that this is, they're trying to have a realistic portrayal both of Helen in her post-traumatic uh, stress situation um, and of the way that the criminal justice system can treat women who've been abused and of the drip, drip, drip effect of mental cruelty and domestic abuse and coercive control. All of that I totally understand and I still have a huge amount of respect for the people, the scriptwriters, for doing this. Having said this, having said this, it's grinding me down to the state that now I absolutely dread it coming on. Bye. Hello, Dumpty Dumplight Spirit calling. I'm calling in on Wednesday the 27th of April, and this is a day after hearing Lucy's spectacular diatribe on the show. And I have to say, Lucy, I could not agree more. I think this is something that... Many of us have been dealing with for some considerable time, and it's not a question of feeling like we can't bear to listen to this anymore. It's more a question of the show is actively putting us off. And I also agree with New York Nigel. Thank you for that wonderful exposition of 
how things are right now. The fact is that The Archers has never been devoid of high drama. There's there's always been big storylines going on, but the, the point is that they've been dealt with within a cohesive whole, within a complete dramatic universe. There's been a very strong sense of other people and other stuff going on at the same time. The problem that we've got with this particular storyline, which shall not be mentioned, is that it is so massively overshadowed everything else that the things that we normally love and feel reassured by in the arches, such as the curtains in the village hall or Linda Shepherd's hut or, you know, the, the small everyday stuff that keeps a universe ticking over, now feels so completely ridiculous and trivial by comparison that the whole thing is utterly out of whack. I stopped listening last Wednesday when I basically could not deal with Pat and Tony anymore. I mean, Pat has just been completely ridiculous at the moment. The whole thing has reached the proportions of Greek tragedy. I'm fully expecting her to put out her eyes and go wandering off into the wilderness instead of finding some bloody cojones and actually getting on with it. This actually put me in mind of something that you, Lucy, said a little while back about parents and the primal urge to protect your young. And that's something that I don't detect in Pat or Tony right now. And one thing that they're not doing is asking a very small but significant question, A, of the situation and B, of the Dark Lord. And that's this. What the hell have you done to my daughter? Anyway, that's my two penneth. I'm going to be very British about the whole situation and go and make myself a nice cup of tea. So that's it. Cheers now. Bye. Hello to all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Glyn. Best of luck with your new ventures across the pond, Royfield. Hope everything goes very well for you. Lucy, last time in the last show, said that she thought things had been going wrong in the Archers since they um, got rid of Daryl, packing him off in a quite hasty manner. Uh, I'm not sure, so sure about that, but I would pinpoint the moment when the Robin Helen storyline started going slightly awry for me which was when Ursula was revealed as being in cahoots with Rob. From that moment, started moving away from what was a serious storyline about domestic violence into a um, gothic horror show. It's now got to the point where I feel we've got Archers A, which is the Rob and Helen gothic horror show, and Archers B, which is everything else. And when you're listening to... Archers A, you, it's compelling, it, it's very depressing. And when you're listening to Archers B, you think it sounds like, feels like very, very bland, very, very um, boring. And you want to get back to Archers A, even though that is um, grim and unremitting. And if you get an, um, uh, an episode where you've got both, um, you've, I feel at the end I've had five minutes of drama and um, eight minutes or so of um, aimless wittering. Right, keep up the good work. I hope, hope to hear the next podcast soon. The, the trouble, it's exactly, I, could, I think it's Blythe Spirit that says this. That's exactly it. For decades now, I have loved, you know, the Wingle Sicket and the Maypole and the Bunting and the and all the things, the flower and produce show and all the things about you go, oh, for goodness sake, and and be secretly quite happy. Um, but now they just look ridiculous. Now they look, because it's offset against this this uh, this, this Bronte melodrama, um, where you've got, you know, the mad woman, uh, the mad woman in the asylum having the, the baby and the, the evil husband and his evil autocratic mother and blah, blah, blah. Um, now they just look as absurd that th those other things 
have, have been made to look now as absurd as people that don't like the archers always say, oh, God, all they do is, you know, twaddle on about um, flowers and crops and, uh, you know, who's got the maypole sort of thing. And 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 I don't, I, and it, that makes me feel very, very protective of the archers because th- those are the bits that you could bizarrely actually get some drama in. You didn't need huge, great, you know, fantastical stories. But now we have got huge, great, gothic, fantastical stories and they're making the nice bits just look a bit, weedy and they're not weedy they're the small they're the minutiae that people love so i don't i don't like it that that this the, the monster storyline has sort of slowly rolled over everything and flattened it and left it looking all a bit dented and bashed i agree i'm i always agree with blythe spirit and uh for once i agree with you here L- lucy freeman is that we've talked about the uh, emotional weight that this storyline has had on the listeners. We've talked about the how the fleshing out of these two central characters, Rob and Helen, is disproportionate compared to, you know, long-standing characters that we've had for 20, 30, 40 years, let alone the newer ones. And my worry is that Going forward, because let's be honest about it, this the storyline's got on the front of the Daily Mail. It's got yeah. in every little bit of media, so you can. With the Kardashians doing something else that day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Kanye West I, I, yeah. I hadn't thought of something ridiculous to say the day <laughs> when the you know where Helen stabbed Rob. Um, you can clearly see that the script writers of the archers or let's say the new script editor coming in is going to clearly say ha ha right this program is a national treasure um and we, we we can use it as a vehicle to get issues out there issues in 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 parentheses which excites middle england which gets press which acts as a way of marketing the show so, um, yes, there'll always be a single wicket and there'll always be a flower and produce show and there'll always be a Christmas panto, but shoe, but those will be shoehorned in and around uh, a big storyline. Uh, did you see uh, the, did you see that article in the Telegraph yesterday? Nope. Um, that the next big storyline is going to be uh, Brian... Uh, wanting to give the farm to Rory and to bypass Adam. And that's going to be the the next big gothic storyline. How do they know? Well, go have a look at the Telegraph. Google Telegraph and Archers, it's there. Now, let's just say that that's spurious and and it's not going to happen. Let's just say. But going back to my previous point, if you've put together this storyline and it's been put together... Uh, masterfully forget whether we agree that it was right for the show or not it's been an absolute juggernaut in terms of media exposure yeah yeah that is going to be like catnip Ooh. to the new hang on one sec it's all right will come Wait, this william's just come in and Hello, william had his first sats exam today so how did it go just tell me fine fine it was a lot easier was it than Oh, excellent. Was it literacy? And you'd think you did okay? Brilliant. Well done. Were you nervous? Did anyone cry? Oh, no. Who cried? 
Oh no, did she? Oh bless her. Well, she thought she would, didn't she? Oh. Okay. Well, that's fab. Well done. Go and have a treat. I'll come down to see you in a bit. Sorry, carry on. First exam ever. That that that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I hear academies for all have been uh, been shelved. Scrapped. Academies for none. <laughs> well, no. Still, no, still, yeah. some will be going to academies. Yes. Don't get me started. Well, <sighs> I could have a proper rant about the educational don't, system don't, in Blighty. Don't, Anyway, so it's going to be like catnip to the new editor coming in to say we need to follow this model. Yeah. So. Oh, so we're just going to lurch from drama to drama and. Well, this is a drama. You mean. No, you know what I mean. I mean. From one overweening, overarching, overbearing storyline to another, which acts as like an eclipse. Why can't mm, they stick? This, and why can I hear myself back on the mic? Don't know. Why can't they stick this storyline on Ambridge Extra? Because people like you said they hated Ambridge Extra. Yeah, but people like me also hate this storyline, so then we wouldn't have to listen to it. Mm. And the sort of people that like Ambridge Extra are the sort of people that go, ooh, I'm really enjoying this. No, I liked Ambridge Extra, and I I don't like it. Oh. Right, except you then. You always have to be the flipping blip on the chart, don't you? That's different. <laughs> I, I do agree, though, that... Well, well, that was the whole point of Ambridge Extra, wasn't it? To look at uh, relationships uh, in the widest possible sense, but storylines and the relationships around them in mm. much more detail. So you had Kenton and jo- uh, Jolene going off to New Zealand, etc. Uh, you had Matt and Lillian Matt. Yeah, uh, over in Russia and in Sarajevo, wherever the hell they were in the in the Balkans beforehand, <laughs> you know, uh, it was the whole point of it. And then we had Alice and Chris in Southampton, and yeah. I really enjoyed that storyline. I agree with you for once, no, for twice, Lucy, for twice I agree. Blimey, mm, goodness, the Royfield and Lucy Accord. This episode, you've clearly had much too much maple syrup. Sort of, sort of maple syrup. <laughs> Maple syrup on my daintness, yeah. Um, But hello, Glyn, it is very lovely to hear from you. We haven't heard from you for a while. We haven't. No. But he says, absolutely right, it's making the other storyline sound bland. And that is, that is uh, exactly the words. It's like swapping, you know, you know, Fox News is all kind of, oh my God, we're all going to die. It's Mm. like, it's like switching from Fox News to Look East. And back to Fox News. Look East. Does, absolutely. Meanwhile, a polar bear at Norwich Zoo has got its foot stuck in a railing. We're all going to die! And, you know, that's what exactly what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Uh, Jan from Ken. Hello, Lucy, Royfield and Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jan Mitchell calling in from Canada land with a couple of quick comments. First, let me say that I am with you, Lucy. I am now at the point where I have to hit the fast forward whenever I hear even a hint of the Dark Lord's or his mother's voice. Thankfully, though, I'm not having nightmares. So my heart goes out to you, Lucy. I think you're wise to take a break. Lastly, 
I know that we're all disgusted at Shula's lack of integrity in not coming forward with what she knows. But have we forgotten David, who has a very good idea of what happened at the culvert on the flood night? This is normally a time when misfortune galvanizes most close-knit families into action. But what are the Archer's clans doing? Staying in their own safe, happy little corners, making sure their livestock are fed and their lays are being laid. I'm baffled by it all, and I admit I don't know enough Archer's history to make sense of it. Perhaps Lucy or Royfield or a wise Dumpty Dummer will have an insight for me. Well, that's all for now. Bye, everyone, and all the best on your move, Royfield. Now, I can't remember this, Jan. What happened on Culvert Night? The Night of the Culverts. Um, because d- she says David knows something. He knows more than he's letting on about Rob's behaviour on the Night of the Culvert. Well, he knows, or at least he heavily suspects, that he blocked it up and that he sent away uh, Stefan. He knows this, doesn't he? Because he investigated it through the, and I forget, um, it, there was some part of his purview of being a parish councillor. Oh, yes. So why is he saying nothing then? She's right. I mean, she says they've all sort of closed ranks and said, oh, isn't it awful? Bolts door. You know, we're glad it's not happening to us, though. Mm. It's all going to be I'm all right, Jack, isn't it? And, 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 you know, David sort of cycle. He appeared to be cycling round, which is a bit odd. There was like a very strange noise of a squeaky, t- squeaky tire in the background. Yeah. Um, squeaky wheel. And uh, he said, you know, uh, you know, when people say, I know there's nothing I can do, but would you like a shepherd's pie or something like that? Because I don't, <laughs> and it's like, I don't, there's nothing I could do, but would you like some silage? And uh, and Tom came over all unnecessary and said, oh, no, we can't, can't ask you for that. It's too much as if he was offering to give him half his kidney or something. Um, but yes, they, 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 apart from apart from offers of silage, uh, everyone's kind of giving them a wide berth, really, seems to be. Shula's gone very quiet because she knows what he's really like. David has huge suspicions. He's gone really quiet. It's all just, oh, well, yes, Helen Helen was always a bit difficult, wasn't she? Anyway, moving on. To be, to be fair to Shula and her silence, Shula's been silent ever since uh, the incident. So she was uncomfortable well, about she it. She purged herself by telling the police that he... That, the Sabbath hit David for, uh, Rob first, and then Rob, you know, rescued her with that with the bridal yeah. incident a couple of yeah. months back. So, but this is a drama, and as much as we hate to admit it, there, there is somewhat of a formula to successful dramas. All these incidences, if you know, if need to be played out, don't they? So, at some point, whether it is when. Rob gets everything that's coming to him. Um, it'll either be, oh, yes, and there was this incident and that incident, which would be somewhat weak. And what it should happen is that it precedes that by, um, you know, As him. Paul get- Bogdan must be thinking, my God, what a, what a shower I'm looking after here. I've got no, a defendant. Not, who- n- not at all, because I think one of the things that's really, really instructive for me was she absolutely knows that um the mentality of a woman that has been abused and she very clearly said that didn't she she said that she's still acting in a way to get kind of rob's approval 
even yeah, that was fascinating wasn't yes. it she, she's actually trying to do the thing that will make him that she he would want her to do even when it's absolutely against him absolutely absolutely <laughs> so uh so yeah so um and i forgot what the hell i'm thinking sorry about. i interrupted you you did my, i have i've had a i've had a bit of a brain fart and i've completely forgotten what the <laughs> hell i'm talking about no you said because i said that she must be wondering who the hell what this shower of loonies is that she's representing because they're you know helen won't say anything um no pat every time she opens her mouth it's only to say to the police oh yes she's totally yeah. unstable oh yes, yes can can i just what? say yeah. can i just say i completely understand that if your daughter if your offspring has stabbed somebody in the guts right and he's on a charge of attempted murder um it's going to send your brain a bit doolally mm. but i don't i cannot accept that a woman with Pat's fortitude, general fortitude and general kind of common sense-ness would then march herself off to a police station to talk willy-nilly about anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, but that's just a leap too far. If it yeah. was Clary... Yeah. Yes. I'd, I'd, yeah. Hook, line and sinker, I would buy that. And Pat, also, it's not, no. like the, it's not like the police have been lovely to Helen so far. Pat has seen the police behaving quite kind of brusquely with Helen and 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 not telling them what's going on and all this stuff. So it's not like she thinks of the police as, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think who would. Shula would sort of think as the, of the police as beyond reproach, you know. Of, of course they don't mean any harm. They're the police. Of course they're... Shula would sort of think as the, of the police as beyond reproach, you know. Of, of course they don't mean any harm. They're the police. Of course they're the establishment. You know, Pat is anti-establishment. She always has been. Absolutely. I, she'd be I, much more suspicious of the, you know, of, of of whoever is in power in any situation to just blindly assume that everyone's there to, to, to make things better for her. And there is absolutely no way that Anna Trigoran would not have said to her, you do not speak to anybody without at least telling me you're going to speak mm. to them first. Yeah. I, I just beyond belief. As I said, if it was if this was Clary, if this was Susan, etc., I'd go. Yeah. Even Susan, because Susan's been banged up, hasn't she? She knows. <laughs> yeah, by Neil <laughs> and the law. <laughs> I'll just put some chili on, constables. Um, uh, she's she's been there, and she's kind of you know she's she knows what. I mean, it, I, who have we got who's 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 legal? Oh, we've got um, Miss Mid-City, haven't we? Would the police, wouldn't the police say to Pat, you know that, I only know this, thankfully, I only know this from things like the bill, but don't they say, you know, do you want a solicitor present? Mm. I mean, would they would they have allowed Pat to just come in and gobble well, off? Well, they, they, they would have, because, they, you know, in terms of the, the procedural they've got this they've got this all sorted so yes but i just do not believe right as a personality you know if this is your son as you know uh run over somebody on his bicycle you know and you get called to the police station to say something fair enough right you you don't get you don't need a solicitor for that i was attempted murder i'm yeah. not speaking to anybody yeah. without a brief yeah Nobody, nobody who's got any ounce of wit of sense about them would go and do that, let alone Pat. 
Yeah. You know, because as you rightly said, Pat comes from the position of not trusting authority. Yeah. She didn't even trust Brian and he's her brother-in-law. <laughs> 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 because he's got money, you know, and power and therefore she doesn't trust him. And she went when Tom and and Krusty were um were were busted for trampling all over the GM crops, she was all rah rah rah. And on their side, not the police, but with Helen, it's almost like there's a, there's a definite part of Pat that believes Rob. Mm-hmm. There really is, and I don't know whether I'll be able to forgive her after all this. I'm sure she'll be distressed about that, but you know, you can't you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs, Roy. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> the imaginary character is going to be cross with me. Oh, anyway, ah, right next, Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumb to Dumb, it's Yokel Bear here calling from Yokelshire. I'm not really going to talk about that story. I d- like Lucy, I've, I've had a bit of an issue with listening to the Archers. I just, mm, I just, I've been mainly kind of not listening to it and then having podcast binges just to catch up. The one thing I'm going to say about that story, the story that shall not be named, um, is Tony, for crying out loud. Would you just start getting angry, please? Everything seems to be, oh, it'll be all right. Everything, you know, oh, well, what can we do? Why have you... Christ's sakes, man, get angry. It's your daughter. I mean, God, I'm really beginning to get annoyed by Tony at the moment. Um, But one thing I did love, I have loved, and maybe this was uh, because I've been catching up. Um, This may have been the week before, but... Jazza and Jimmus back together. Oh, they should have their own series. Um, I just think it's wonderful. They're just pairing of them, the kind of chalk and cheese odd couple, is just marvellous. And I've always had a bit of a sympathy for Jim because Jim's... I love the fact that Jim surrounds himself with books and I'm the same. Um, My family call me the one with book learning. But Jazza, yeah, I know he was an absolute git about what he said but he doesn't really mean it does he he's just it's just his his brain doesn't engage sometimes but essentially he's a really good person but talking about people who aren't good people miranda god are you sure she's not related to ursula or indeed hazel woolly are they all related in some ways God, she's awful. Couldn't stand Miranda. So, Team Lillian kicking in here. Steal that man, Lillian. Because you're so much better for him. Okay, then. Bye. I got a brand new and I'll give you the Why isn't Tony angry? I agree. I don't think I could have even. I mean, Ursula, Ursula, sorry, comes to the comes to the door, and they're all like, "Oh, hello, come in. I've made coffee." <laughs> I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. you know, it's just no matter who's right or wrong or whatever, this woman is is host, being incredibly hostile about your child. And I know, I know, Pat's going. You know, oh, we've got to keep a good relationship and everything. But she's completely hysterical about everything else and yet utterly, utterly calm around Arsula, who's kidnapped her grandson. It's very strange. And Tony t- doesn't seem remotely... Tony's just going, oh, don't worry. Probably all turn out all right. It's fine. You know, have a cup of tea, Pat. Go and have a lie down. You'll be fine. Um, 
And yes, the Jazza and Jimmus show. Yes, that's lovely, isn't it? Jazza and Jimmus. I'm I, don't so know, I don't know if it is lovely. I think Jimmus is being a, a bit of an evil bastard at the moment. Evil? Why? Because he says that Jazza can't move back. No, he said he can now. Oh, God. How many episodes of Arms behind this? <laughs> when, when did he say that? Um, they met up in the ball and he what was trying to... What day was that, Lucy? Sorry? What day? Oh, I've no idea. Oh, God. Well, I missed the key episode. Because... <laughs> The, the last episode that I heard regarding them pair, uh, Jazza was still alive. <laughs> yeah, um, Nigel was just at the bottom of the ladder. No, no, Lucy. There was um, Jim was in the pub, and Jazza had gone in there, and Jim went, "Oh, yeah, I think I've got to go now to Kenton." Yeah, no, and then but Shula would wouldn't let him go. And said, no, you're going to stay there and speak to Jazza. Oh, and so there's, there were two pub scenes then. Because yeah. this is the one where Jim did duck out. Yeah. And then and then Shula sort of corralled him back in again and said, you stay there and sort it out. And um, because Shula is obviously the queen of facing the truth and saying unpalatable things. Ha ha. And uh, uh, it, I think Jim was going to attempt to be quite sort of bullish with, with, with Jazza and say, no. But then, but then Jazza told him this hilarious anecdote all about Kenton being the dragon and um, uh, uh, Jolene looking. Do you know what I was going to say? Joyfield then, as if I'd made up another character, which was half you and half Jolene. Jolene wearing um, uh, her armour and that she looks sexy and all that. And then they were all laughing away. They were. And, um, and Jimma said, oh, all right, then you can come back. But you have to be tidier. And he said, oh, all right then. All right. Well, all that will give, be cut out of the show because we know <laughs> people know that I've actually missed vital episodes. You only I... missed a bit of one, I think. Mm, still, I missed it, though. It's bad. It's bad, Lucy. But you have flown across the world, ain't you? Yeah. And yeah. there's also a thing called the interwebs with podcast episodes of The Archers. There's absolutely no excuse. If you if you set yourself up to do an archers podcast, you know, <laughs> you should at least listen to the archers at yeah, some point. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> know who people are and things like that. Mm. So, I, I, I'm somewhat behind on things, and and for that I need a slap wrist. Okay. Right. Um, who's next? Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, still basking in the warm glow of Dumpty Dum friends gathering for a lovely dinner in New York City. I hope that Angus and I were proper hosts, at least better than Miranda Elliott would have been if she hosted a party for the Archers and Grundies. Just a few observations of the last week. I already had a Twitter rant about how stupid Pat was to talk with the police without, as we say on this side of the pond, lawyering up. But I do feel sorry for her. I'm very happy and, of course, not at all surprised that Helen pleaded not guilty. There were wonderfully acted scenes by both Louisa Paticus and William Troughton, who plays Tom. 
Last week, of course, we were all devastated when Rob won custody of Henry. But that's what set up Tom convincing Helen to plead not guilty when he emotionally said that Henry would be lost to Rob if Helen went to prison. One question, what if Helen filed for divorce from Rob? As he only has stepfather rights, would he be able to keep Henry if the marriage was dissolved? It's a long shot, I know. And a bit of foreshadowing by Ms. Anna Tregorin when she said that as a barrister, she has to see both sides of an argument, if only to be able to demolish one of them. I love that line and look forward to her demolishing Rob on the stand. I'm still obsessed as to why Helen can't get bail. I have lots of friends from university who went on to law school and have been asking them if it would be different here. One of my college roommates wrote to me, I don't believe bail could be denied here to prevent a defendant from influencing a witness. A defendant has a constitutional right to bail in most cases set at an amount sufficient to assure her appearance in court. So now we know the trial is set for September. It's going to be a long summer, Angus and Dumpty Dummers. But we'll talk again next week after hopefully a more optimistic seven days. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. With a spoon. Yes, exactly. Why is Pat speaking to the legal team without any advice? Um, and I did, uh, yes, I was so pleased with Tom for saying to Helen, you know, come on, get, just think about, think, think, think strongly, think how you're going to fix this, think how you're, you've got to sort of move forward and everything. And she, he seemed to be the only person that could get through to her. And actually, I think it was a bit of a blessing that Rob, that, um, uh, Pat couldn't go because she'd have just sat there going, oh, Helen, are you eating all right? And it would have been, you know, Helen would have gone, of course I am. I hate you. And then that would have been that. Um, yes. So that was very good. And with a spoon, I'd never thought, why doesn't Helen divorce Rob? Immediately. I mean, surely, I know, there's, you know, infidelity and unreasonable behaviour and also stabbing in the lower bowel surely there should be a there's a probably a category for that as divorce isn't there attempted murder Mm. yeah as joe brand says the quickest way to a man's heart is not through his stomach it's straight through his rib cage with a hacksaw (laughs) (laughs) anyway um not 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 that we know anything about anything that comes to things legal but um wouldn't that could somewhat prejudice is probably the wrong word but give the whole thing somewhat of another slant couldn't it and it's not going to prevent him from being um the legal guardian or whatever the heck the expression is of henry so it's not going to forestall that doesn't mean that no it doesn't it doesn't supersede that because you know no because in you know biological fathers when they get divorced from their you know from the mother of their child then don't have no rights to the children do they so it's not going to preclude that now and and also if any of our listeners any of them know where jess is could they please get in touch and give her (laughs) anna tregoran's number because this is the only way this bloody thing is going to be sorted out Mm. i think it's going to need some much more than uh, it's going to need much more than jess this though isn't it sure but jess is all she's got unless we discover another wife or that um, whatever his name is, Stefan comes back from 
Ruritania or wherever he lives, and 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 says, "Yes, it was me shoved up the culvert. <laughs> he made me shove him myself up my own culvert." <laughs> yes, right. Uh, so uh, that's Witherspoon dealt with. Um, is it now time for Andrew Horn? It and, is, and his facts and figures. It is. <laughs> Bless him. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. I have a message for Bridge Farm, for Pat, Tony and Tom. I am worried about your finances. Um, Obviously, you have other things on your mind. And I think you uh, need to take some firm action. Uh, It may seem cruel, so, um, but the way to proceed, you're not going to reopen the shop for a while. Um, You're paying Rob statutory sick pay, and now that Ursula has pointed it out, but the only safe way to get him off the farm for good is to make him redundant and Helen redundant as well, because he will come back and say they're on a job share. Uh, There's no likelihood of you opening the shop. So that's a good reason. So you need to move forward and do this. Um, I don't know what your contracts are, but most contracts, um, as far as Helen's part, um, most contracts will uh, time in prison um, will get you out of that one. When the dust has settled a year or so down the line, you want to reopen the shop, that's fine. You can reinstate Helen, but you need to move swiftly. Otherwise, he will be a thorn in your side uh, and keep coming back for more money. So please get on and do it. I know it's a bit grim and it's not my usual style, but there we are. And I'm just going to finish with a shout out to Sarah, who is the uh, sister of a a former colleague and dear friend of mine who I gather has started listening and joined the the merry band of Dumpty Dummer. So welcome, Sarah, and I hope you're enjoying it. Bye. Yes, he says they have to make Rob and Helen both redundant Um, for reasons that... This is the farm shop. Uh, yeah, because it, it basically it's been shut forever now, mm. hasn't it? It's been f- shut for ages and orders keep coming up and then they're eating all the orders and it's all very, very, very bad. So um, he, uh, th- that that ping then, that was my um, that was my notification that Pamers is on tour. <laughs> Just thought you'd like to know. You anyway, sad woman. <laughs> so they should be redundant, be made redundant. But you, can you make some? Oh, I don't know. We've got bigger things to worry about, quite frankly, Andrew. Over where they're whether or not they're going to make their yearly whatever it is. <sighs> oh, uh, can we do email us? Oh, let's do that. This is Susan Carter's report uh, on finances uh, of the shop, Bridge Farm shop. Um, or rather the community shop and post office. Yeah, it was sent to, again, in error. Uh, this is a very early draft, he says, uh, from Susan. Um, Survival of the Ambridge Village community shop depends on the extensive volunteer involvement of local residents. Mrs. Kathy Perks and Mrs. Archer, who have set it all up, have not been in the shop since we reopened in the village. Indeed, the latter has devoted her energies to opening a farm shop, which was supposed to be organic, but now competes with us. However, we are doing a lot better since it closed rather unexpectedly recently, and we are currently doing a lot more business. Uh, we need customers to use the resource and more volunteers as they're having to provide additional cover as Mrs. Pat Archer is unable to carry out her normal duties due to very old family problems. Um, and the discussion forum on the village website has removed the essential communication role provided by the shop. 
Some may call it gossip, but I know it was essential to share village knowledge. After all, I was able to assist PC Burns with his inquiries with information concerning Helen's eating disorders and later tell Mrs. <laughs> Ursula Titchener what a good man her son is in taking on young Henry. So we are staging a comeback as you could never post that on the internet. Uh, The business continues to lose money and we need to look for much higher sales. I say use it or lose it. If the latter, that will mean that Hazel Woolley can make a lot of money. None of us want that now, do we? Signed, Susan Carter. Thank you very much, Susan. Uh, (laughs) Pam has a brilliant plot prediction that I like a lot. Okay. You ready? I'm braced. Braced, right. Okay, some 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 of this bear with, as they say on that bloody program. Plot prediction: Jazza will shortly be studying classics at the OU while unemployed, because of his, you know, his uh, this this sort of um, fast track of <laughs> classics degree that Jimus has got him on. Harrison Burns will wake up and join some dots on Rob. Rob's relationship with Fallon could not have been sunshine and roses. Miles will prove to be gay hence the occasional odd comments about him from Robin Ursula, and during his visit will get upset at his treatment at BHC, go for a pint and spill the beans on his brother to Adam and Ian in the bull. I like that. I like that. Because they've been so quiet, we haven't heard from Ian for ages, have we? I mean, I know well, that's what we haven't heard from Alvin anyway for ages. But... Criminally underused, considering yeah. what the, this main storyline is. Yeah. You know, but that that should... would make absolute sense in terms of their somewhat guarded way. They say, well, he is still your brother, you know, as if there's something slightly wrong with him. Mm. Anyway, uh, it, it, this, that, that was corking. Corking, corking, corking. You got any more email or in us? I have. Uh, ooh, uh, Libby, um, she wants to know... Uh, li- this is Lily Libby, who's only just started listening. She's she's only thirteen, I think. Ooh. She said, "Why is Justin trying to make the citizens of Ambridge like him?" She said, "As a new Dumpty Dumber, she doesn't understand." And she says, "I think that Justin is actually getting tired of Lillian. The little bit at the start of the Tuesday episode, the impending re-entrance of the now silent Miranda. I feel like Lillian is being pushed aside." Well, I did think that Libby, but then but then they were got all lovey dovey at the dinner, didn't they? Uh, on Friday, I think it was, and they were taking the Mickey out of Miranda together, and it's that's basically a sort of a charm. That's a, that's the charm version. You're too blessedly young and innocent to understand this. Of my wife doesn't understand me. When you when you get older, and a man says to you, "My wife doesn't understand me," Libby, what that actually means is my un, my wife understands me much too well. Um, uh, yes. So well. I, I, Mm. I was with you up until uh, I was with I agreed with you and then I heard that Friday episode and then and then he's all over Lillian and uh and he's sort of started to slag off Miranda which is a good sign that uh that Miranda is about to be cheated upon I believe well going back to Miranda's initial question you know why is he trying to make the village like him it's because Libby's initial question sorry I said Miranda didn't I yeah sorry uh Libby sorry about that um I think because it's kind of human nature. The reason why he's trying to get the village to like him is because he is a businessman of means and he has plans for the village. Uh, And it's quite simply, it's PR. And his plans for the village uh, go somewhat wider than just uh, Ambridge in in and of itself. Hence the wanting to sponsor, uh, bought a woman of the year, etc. It helps to grease 
the you know the path of business to have people who are disposed to you and and to make connections with people so from a a business point of view it makes complete and utter sense to go on a charm offensive mm. you know and oh that you know that's just it on a business sense and also just purely on a, on a human sense you don't you know wander into a village and go fuck you to everybody do you i i, I don't give give a toss that's just a, just a human natural response actually to uh put your you know, put your best foot forward and actually try and, and, and make friends with people. But and, also, say, and also, uh, Libby, I don't know if you remember, but when Justin first came to the village, the, fir- the way they welcomed him was by... Uh, burning Bill, an, eff- burning an effigy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he probably picked up then. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of negativity yeah. here. I, I yeah, somewhat of a controversial <laughs> entrance into the world of Ambridge. Yes. Kill the witch! Yes, that's... <laughs> Ah. Oh, and next email from Paul Robinson from Neighbours, presumably. Uh, and it's headed Percy Filth. Do you remember Percy yes. Filth? Yes. Yes. He says, hello. First of all, I started listening to The Archers in the early 80s. I well remember Walter and Nelson Gabriel and the wine bar and the antique shop. Anyway, to the point. The first time I heard the phrase Percy Filth was in a 1970s TV sitcom, The Lovers, with Richard Beckinsale and Paula Wilcox. All the best. I keep the good work. Paul. And he's even put in a clip from The Lovers with Richard. I Hattie. did see that clip. That's what my Maybe granny probably got it, got it from. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, geezer. Somebody always knows, don't they? Absolutely. We have a knowledgeable bunch of listeners. I know. Amazing. Uh, and that's it for the emails and the caller arenas. Great. Right. Let's take five. Let's have a quick sojourn. Uh, to drink camp coffee, cups of tea, whatever. Benelin. Yeah, yeah, I'll be having some Benelin with, with a bit of maple syrup because I'm in Canada. And we'll see the other side with a touch of Millie Bell. And then it'll be tweets of the last, oh, 14 days, I suppose. I've just seen that review. Sorry. <laughs> it's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Made me smile for let's put that in. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Listener, all will be revealed at the end of the show. <laughs> it's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for you podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's. For the Posher Washer, proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. So Royfield has asked me to find out from everyone here tonight, where and when do you listen to Dumpty Dum? Hello, I'm Annie Brown, a.k.a. Tilly Button, um, and I listen to Dumpty Dum around the house, mainly, um, normally in the evenings. Um, I'm uh, Tilly Button's dad, Sean, um, and I listen to Dumpty Dum while I'm cycling to work. Hello, uh, my name is Amy. Um, I listen to Dumpty Dum regularly on the train from Brighton to London, or London back to Brighton. And before you ask, no, I don't know what Rex was doing there. <laughs> Hello, I'm Helen, and I listen also on the train from Tunbridge Wells to London and back again. Hello, I'm Bev. I listen to Dumpty Dum in the car. Hi, I'm Michael, and I listen to Dumpty Dum on the train. G'day everyone. So much to talk about. We really can't do this fortnight break thing again because there's way too much happening on Facebook. On our forum, which is dumptydum.com and look for forums, we have two sections. One is for all things to do with the archers and one is for things that are off topic. And uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about uh, dusty substances, started one asking, saying that she was still desperately trying to give a toss. Uh, we're talking about Henry's daddy again. Uh, what's the deal with Helen not wanting visitors? That was Purple Pumpkin. And Royfield asked what people were doing on their Dumpty Dum holiday, which turns out to be quite a lot. Uh, some people indeed listening to reruns, which is rather fun. Uh, on the 
Dumpty Dum Facebook page, I was a little bit taken aback with, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was about 10 days ago, Ursula knocked on Pat's door and then just walked straight in, which I found very confronting and not something that's usual in even rural Australia. So I asked, you know, is this usual? Uh, Caroline Smith said, I live in a village and some people do walk in, but most don't. The real cracker was when we were still in bed one morning and the elderly lady who farms the opposite hill appeared in the bedroom to ask about something, but she had at least taken her wellies off. We are much more careful to lock the door at night these days. If I am watching the lunchtime news, the postman does wander into the living room. Ah, uh, so obviously this is an English thing. Uh, other people said, um, Ali Oliver said, um, happened all the time at my parents' house. People would knock on the front door and if not answered, went round to the back. I hated it. Some people would shout and knock, so you had some warning. And then there were others who just walked in. I got caught out more than once with boyfriends and soon learnt to lock the gate and doors if I wanted privacy. Uh, it was just really funny. Uh, there's a whole heap of those. I really, really uh, encourage you, if you're not on Facebook, go and have a look at those because there's some really funny ones in there. I also asked uh, people to keep me, help keep me organised because I had two weeks and I was going on school camp for four of those days down and I'm just knackered and I can't listen to the arches. So I asked people to keep me, uh, keep me organised and Sarah Woods-Rockle said... Though the bulldozers didn't get a chance to demolish great swathes of Borsetshire countryside for Plan A, or was it Plan B, the Earth Movers has still been busy. It seems creating secret pixie hideaways in fairy tale leafy glades. Actually, some of these are really, really creative, and it made me think that perhaps we should be doing the synopses for each day. Um, Heidi Griffith said. Helen still hasn't realised that the only way she's going to get out of the doggy do she's in is by telling Anna what went on. Anna couldn't see the point of the mind-reading classes at uni. Pip is giving up farming and becoming Chancellor of the Exchequer, given her financial astuteness. Karen Cunningham says how proud David and Ruth are at the fact that Dee Dee has managed to screw another farmer right into the ground with her hard negotiating. Hate you, Pip. She still misses the mark with her inflections in every sentence. Oh, not a fan then. Uh, other people said, um, hang on, I did ask for some this week. It says, uh, Andrew Manning said, is that, oh no, the, the, sorry, this uh, thread was talking about a lovely picture of Royfield and Witherspoon that was put up, in which it does uh, appear that Witherspoon is uh, seven feet tall. Not the case, he must have been on a step or something. So there's a lovely little thread there. Uh, you should read that. Uh, there was one awesome one um, about a kid. Oh, I've lost him now. Sorry, you need to go find it because there's a really funny post in there somewhere. Although lots of people wanted to know where uh, the dog was, and I want to know where the dog was too. Heidi Griffith says Pat ignores, advi uh, ignores advice to get in touch with someone who knows what she's talking about before talking to Plod. Now can't speak to Helen. Was this part of the cutting plan? Robbie's on benefits. Pep is being groomed to be the next dragon using the bank of mum and dad. Tom's pigs have decided to reenact the great escape on a nightly basis, and it hasn't got anything to do with Jazza, or has it? And I actually feel that's such a good roundup. I should leave it at that stage so I will until next week uh, please get onto the forums or get onto Facebook because we all love talking to you speak soon hooroo Millie Bell Millie Bell Millie Bell thank you thank you thank you uh, Lucy uh, can yep. you give us the last uh, best tweets in the uh, gap since we were last on air podcasting thank you very much please uh, Ecornstalk 
said it would be lovely to have an episode without Pat recording a shriek in a catacomb. <laughs> uh, Liz Anderson said, I must have missed the episode where Pat had surgery to remove her prefrontal cortex. Um, uh, Steve Brooks and Rainbow Warrior had a uh, lovely conversation uh, where he said, we need Rumpole. And Rainbow Warrior replied, well, I'd welcome Baldrick at this point. <laughs> it's getting a bit desperate. Um, Hinge, based on this was uh, after the courtroom scene, uh, Hinge Zandel said, the judge. And also, one of the prosecution witnesses is over there screaming at the defendant, which kind of proves my point. <laughs> yes. And Carol Hedges, Tweet of the Week, said, I do think she is being made to suffer an awful lot for claiming she made some jewellery. I mean, my God, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that. I forgot there's how this whole flipping nonsense started. Bloody jewellery. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Um, that, was, that was short and sweet. Was, was there actually five tweets there, Lucy? Yes. Oh, God. You rattled through them rather quickly. All right. Um, in keeping with that, I'll be brusque also. Uh, dum com is where you can find stuff on our podcast. Uh, on that said, Sam, well, website, we have a shop and we have a forum and we have like things you can do, like you can post your own articles and you can just like commune with other fans of the archers uh, by sending them a direct message if you care to do such a thing. So that is dumdydum.com. Now, Lucy, mm. uh, you were giggling like your life <laughs> depended on it before. Uh, I'm going to queue up for this. Lucy, okay. it's news yeah. of reviews. News, news, news of reviews. Well done. Sung with gusto. From the United Kingdom, we have one review. And this review is from... Uh, TK, T. Kylo. Mm -hmm. And it says... <laughs> Sorry. It says, genuinely dreadful drivel, snobbish and really not funny. Goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One star. They gave us a star. Can you not so, give no stars? Yeah, you can't give no stars. Uh, yeah, that's just an administrative quirk of the starring system. There's no <laughs> such thing as zero stars. If you can be bothered to write a review, you at least get one. <laughs> yes. Oh. But we got damned with that one star. We did. I think you need to up your game there, Lucy. And that's obviously all about you. I know. Mm. <laughs> so please get more funny. I'm Stop being snobbish. <laughs> it did make me laugh and I saw it also. <laughs> Folks, remember, if you agree with that review, uh, you can also go to iTunes and say you Actually, agree. With you, you could, if you agree with that review and you're still with us, Listening, you've got this far through the podcast. I don't think you do agree with that review. <sighs> yeah, that that is probably very true, Lucy. But I'm guessing that most people don't agree with that review. So if you wanted to, in the interests of balance, folks, you know, just say <laughs> I think I actually quite like them. You know, that'd be great. Uh, but if you do yes, agree with that review, they'll be drivelers. We know that. <laughs> we don't care. But at least we do touch on, you know, Archer's things on occasion. Uh, but anyway, you can go on to iTunes uh, and write a review because it's important to keep those reviews coming because, folks, uh, it means that more people actually get to listen to our show. Uh, 
Uh, there are some other ways that you can help keep our little enterprise on the road. Uh, first, you can do that by donate by hitting the donate button, which is on dumdydum.com, or uh, you can go to patreon.com, search for snobbish drivel, um, and you can donate two dollars a show, which is about one pound thirty. Mm. Um, remember, you can also keep in contact with us by sending us a voicemail message via SpeakPipe on our site, or you can call us on zero two zero three zero three one three one zero five to leave us a telephonic message if you can't handle SpeakPipe and I need to have a cough. Well, I'm glad we gave you a nice going away present anyway. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think this is my welcome to North America present. Oh, okay. <coughs> and then oh, on social media. They on... won't let you in to America. They'll think you're bringing in SARS or something. <laughs> I think they stopped stopping people from bringing in TB. When they, you know, they have to go to Ellis Island and, and cough. And I think yeah. they held your balls at the same time. And yeah. if they didn't like they the, the way... They a bath that... in Dettol. Mm. I don't think that happens anymore. So I think I can actually sneak in. But um, specifically, social media is what we're talking about now, not my health or lack of it. Um, You can find us on Twitter, where we are at Me, I'm Roy Fieldspell, R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. You can find Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith and Harriet at Shambridges. And on uh, Facebook or the Book of Face, where we have 1,223 likes, uh, you can find us by simply going on to uh, the Book of Face and typing in Dumbledum. And... uh, that's where we'll be. There you go. Very good. Mm. Snobbish drivel at its best. <laughs> <laughs> well done. On that point, we would rattle on about something, but I've got no time because I need to catch a plane to say goodbye to my son. So it's goodbye from me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. And goodbye from him. Doodly. All right, Lucy, I'm, I'm off ski. Okay, uh, bye. I'll try and catch I do hope you feel week. better soon. I will do. All right, love. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.